Boom, there it is. We are live, back in your ears. And as promised, we have a special guest with us tonight. No, it's not Clark. Like I said last week, he's part of the furniture now. He's here all the time. It's Terry Koshan, our friend who covers the Toronto Maple Leafs on a day-to-day basis. We have him on before the season, during the season. Terry, welcome back. Good to be back with you guys. It's uh, good to be back in the rinks, too, after the summer we've had. So looking forward to it. Well, I want to get your instant first impressions today, like gut check. Um, I know that some of the guys have done some funny things so far, like Ryan Reeves talking about Gudis and just different things. But what was the vibe, like the first impression you got walking around media day today around the Leafs? Vibe was good. You know, we we just uh, we had access to, to the four core guys or four of them. And, you know, Riley, Matthews, Tavares and Marner. And of course, uh, Sheldon Keith and Brad for living. Uh, so it, it was good. I, um, you know, what I took out of today is uh, I like the relationship that is formed between the coach and the GM. And we we've seen it over the summer, guys. We, we when Brad for living was introduced to us as GM on June first, you know, he said it was a point of his to get obviously to get to know Sheldon Keith. How can they work together and all this sort of thing and. Uh, I, I just think they're hitting the ground running here, you know, for a guy in, in Keith's case who worked as long as he did with one person. And that of course was Kyle Dubas to make the transition now to, as he called tree living today, a fresh set of eyes and ideas. I, it, you know, to this point, it, it apparently is, it seems to have gone fairly seamlessly. Of course, the extension was there, which I think was deserved, but um, that's what I'm taking out of today is just, is this, that, and you know, there's optimism, of course, the four guys who talked to us are all optimistic and, they're ready to get going, and you know Austin Matthews wants to uh, ensure that the he's fully worthy of the contract extension um, and start that on October 11th against Montreal. But uh, yeah, just a good sense. The the guys like the the people that have been added. We'll get more of the new guys uh, probably tomorrow with the first on ice sessions and that. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a sense of optimism and confidence definitely. So, what are your initial thoughts? We talked about tripling. We touched on them just a little bit there. What are your thoughts this summer of Brad Trilliving, what he's been able to do, guys he's been able to bring in, obviously feeling out Keith, getting Matthews done, talking about getting Willie done, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, but what is your, I guess, opinion of him so far? Because when we first talked to you about him, he was just coming in, just yeah. getting the reins. Now he's kind of settled in, made a little bit of a stamp on the team and left some things alone. So I'm wondering where you lie with him right now. Well, you know, after the summer he's had, I'd probably give him a B mark, if you will. Um, I don't think he got everything. You know, I, I know today he, he, he said he thinks their defense core is underrated, but the fact of the matter is there's going to have to be some improvements there before the trade deadline. He has a lot of time to do that. But the things he did do, you recognize the need here. We all know the Leafs needed to get, you know, the word that he used, the snot, and which he kind of said, alluded to today, maybe regretted using it initially, but we're all jumping on it now. We'll go forward with it. Or as Mitch <laughs> Parner has said, piss and vinegar. Yeah. He, he went out and got it. Uh, Truculence. Yes. Well, <laughs> I think they steered away from I'm not going to get into Brian Burke's um, four magical words. Those are long <laughs> ago. Uh, maybe this will be the, the new version of that, but you recognize me, you go get it. I'm curious to see how a guy like Ryan Reeves ends up in the long run here. I think he's going to be good in the room, though, to start at least. And uh, But, yeah, I, as far as what Trilliving did, uh, you know, you had, to, you had to go get a veteran goalie. He did that. Martin Jones will see if it comes to that situation. But there's still work to be done. And that work, I think, for the most part, involves uh, uh, beefing up the blue line because it's still not as physical as it needs to be. 
John Klingberg and, and, and uh, Simon Benoit are additions. We'll see how they end up fitting in, but um, this blue line group has to get a little nastier before we hit April uh, 15th next year. Yeah, and one thing, Terry, that Brad Tree Living did do was extend Sheldon Keefe, of course. We, you yeah. kind of hinted at it. And, um, you know, on the outside, adding adding years to a coach's contract, does it really matter for a franchise like the Leafs who can pay a guy out either way? But it does eliminate that distraction. I was a big fan of the move. Just get rid of it. Don't let, the, don't let people like yourself, Terry, no offense, ask the question all year long, right? You want to get rid of that distraction. Um so he gets three years. Now, this, like you said to yourself, this is his first year without Dubis at the helm. Yeah. So do you see Sheldon Keefe coaching differently this year? What are your thoughts on the extension? Are we going to see a different Sheldon Keefe unleashed under Bradtree Living or, or more of the same? Well, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if unleashed is the right way to put it because that would infer that he was contained by Kyle Dubas, and I don't think he was. I, I just think that, you know, when you've worked with somebody as long as you have, sometimes the change is good. It doesn't have to happen. But if it does, you try to make it work to your advantage. And I think so far we're seeing that with the relationship that he's built with Brad Treliving. And, and uh, you know, through that, he got that extension because Brad Treliving wasn't sure on June 1st whether Sheldon Keefe would wind up with it. He thought there might be a possibility of it, but he had to get to know him. So I don't, I don't differently, I don't know. It, maybe because of the experience of going to the second round, I think that'll help them. You know, a lot of people were critical last year in the spring guys, because they thought Sheldon Keefe got out coached. Well, I would argue that if you beat John Cooper in the first round, which the Maple Leafs did, uh, it's a feather in the cap and outplayed this or whatever, six games, they beat the lightning next, next round. He's going up against one of the most experienced coaches in the history of the game. And no, it wasn't a good series for the Leafs. I'm not defending that, but, uh, there are good men and, and, and learned men on the other side behind the benches. So learning experience for him. We have to remember that Keith is still one of the youngest coaches in the league. I'm pretty sure it's only Spencer Carberry, his ex-assistant now in Washington, who's younger uh, behind the bench. So um, it's still an evolution. But I, I'm, I'm with you, Clark. I mean, it is a distraction that's gone. How much would it have been of one? We probably would have bugged him a bit. But as we know, if the Leafs got off to a bad start, maybe that becomes more of an issue. Uh, I don't think it will now. Um, you know, the good thing for Sheldon Keefe in that is there's financial security for himself and his family for two years beyond this one. And, uh, you know, for the Leafs, uh, a chance to grow now with a new... The other thing, too, we should not We should talk about, too, if we're talking Keefe as the new assistants and Guy Boucher and Mike Van Ryan. And what they're yes, gonna, I was going to bring that up. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, like Boucher's experience, I think, is good. Uh, it's great. I mean, we, we can't forget that in 2015, he was the guy. Until Mike Babcock woke up and decided that no, I'm coming to Toronto, not Buffalo, and uh, of course we all know how that is. But, so. but Boucher's a good ad, Ben Ryan's a good ad. I like it; uh, it's a good experience there. And uh, but I'll, we'll see. I, what Keith wants his team to do won't be any different. Puck possession, offensive minded. Like he's brought a lot of good defensive things into the into the team. We've seen that over the past few years. Keep that going. But um, I, I I just like the idea that Keith starts fresh. And I think the coach is probably would probably tell you he likes that too. Yeah. Now, just quickly, James, before you jump back in here, I, I think I saw a quote. I think it was Mitch Marner today asked, mm -hmm. "How how is this year going to be different uh, on the power play without Spencer Carberry there?" And I think it's Guy Boucher who's going to be running the power play. Am I mistaken in that? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it sounded it, it sounded mm -hmm. like Mitch Marner kind of said, "Well, we're pretty much going to do the same thing." Uh, so well, yeah, you know, yeah. what do you think about that? Well, you know. The Leafs were first, I think, in power play two seasons ago and second last year. Yeah. So 
And, you know, in my mind, it's going to take a lot to catch the Edmonton owners on what they're doing. Whether they have that same kind of success, I don't know. But it's very difficult to argue a second overall in any offensive category in the National Hockey League. Now, having said that, can they improve? Sure. Will it be different? We'll have to see. The, the X factor, of course, is John Klingberg and what does he bring uh, from that right side. Presumably the second unit. I, I, I don't know that Morgan Riley necessarily needs to come off the first one. But what it does now, it really gives that offensive-minded person uh, on the second unit when it will have the opportunity to go over the board. So that will be the, the biggest change, I suppose. I'm, I'm sure you, Guy Boucher will bring his tweaks in and that. But uh, the fact of the matter is, when you're dealing with the more or less the same personnel and the talent that, that those people bring, I'm talking about the forwards here, of course, and Roddy Klingberg, you don't want to tinker too much, considering how good it was last year as well. Yeah. Well, I'll, say, oh, I'll jump on to Clark's point there. Yeah. The second power play unit might actually get a more of an opportunity here with Boucher. And I say that because if you're able to spread it out a bit more, then you're spreading out the penalty killers. And if you got guys like Nyes, yeah. guy like Cal Yarncroke that can score some, maybe Domi on the second, or Bertuzzi, you have extra options now. And now they're toying with the fact of putting William Nylander at center. That may move him to a different power play unit and really just build a second one that teams will have to throw at their second or even their first penalty kill unit against, freeing up Matthews and Marner for more looks. And I really think that that will be something they will focus on, obviously maybe spreading the wealth around a little bit just to be able to be that much more dangerous on an already lethal power play. And I think that's something the Leafs can literally lean on, and they've tried to lean on you know, in the playoffs before, but now they have more personnel to do it with. You're right, and the good thing about that, James, too, is the pressure won't be on the number one unit as much to score. They're not going to take anything off what they're doing. We know that, but you know if they're coming off after a minute, a minute, ten seconds. Uh, you know, if if an icing happens to happen around, then then they know that the next people coming over the boards might have a better opportunity to put it in the puck in the net. Whether that goes into their thinking at all, we'll have to see. But that that should be a fact that that's going to occur. So. I just like it, how it all, you're right, how it all shakes down. We have to see what, what kind of a camp will Matthew Nice have, what kind of a camp will Nicholas Robertson have. Um, you know, there are a lot of factors that go into play here and, you know, get, get through it with, without injuries. We see where it goes. But when you're putting those forwards out there on the first one and then you, the flavor of that in the second one, Riley anchoring one, Klingberg the other, you're you're, you're going to be doing all right. Yeah, you're not going to be hurting, that's for sure. And one guy that's not going to be hurting the Toronto Maple Leafs this season, whether it's through the media or anything else like that, is Austin Matthews. This guy extended with the Maple Leafs. It wasn't as long as some people wanted. It was shorter than people wanted. They complained about it. But here's the fact of the matter is you have five more seasons of Austin Matthews, basically all of his very prime years with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I want to know your thoughts on the Matthews extension, obviously making him the highest paid player right now. We all know there's a gentleman named Connor McDavid that will take that title. Leon Dreisaitl will probably take that title as well. But um, Matthew decides to stay and wants to be a Maple Leaf, put everything aside. There's no distraction there. What's the vibe you get off of Austin Matthews? Because it seems like this is where he wants to be, obviously, but also where he wants to win. And he showed that by putting pen to paper and basically getting rid of what he's already seen, dark clouds over the team during seasons with contracts. Yeah, well, you know, he told us on uh, on breakup day in May that he wanted to resign and come back, and he was true to his word, and there was no reason then to not believe him. It's a good it's a good contract for him and for those that, you know, worry about the length of it. 
like you say, it's five more years now, four after this one, of course. Um, if you're worried about the cap hit right now and the percentage it takes up, it could have been even more to that, but mm -hmm. it's going to look better. This contract will look better at the end of four years as well, right? Because like you say, there will be other people making more money. We don't expect any any uh, uh, regression in, in Austin's game. I think there's still lots of room for a progression. And I'm curious to see while we're on him, like this whole penalty killing idea, like keep is open to it. We'll see today if he, if he gets to, if he gets that, you know, and, and Sheldon said today, look, the one thing, not whether he can do it, he can do it. The It's the balance of, do you want to then potentially take minutes away, a shift from him away on five on five? Well, yeah. or maybe are you just adding another minute to his game overall or so on the power play? Because you know Marner and Camp for on the on number one unit, right? I don't think that's going to change. Yep. Uh, Leafs are 12th overall last year, kind of middle of the pack, but still, I, I would imagine the top two forwards would be the top two forwards there. But there's a chance there for Matthews. On average, he played exactly one less minute than Marner did last year, guys, in the regular season. So, you know, Mitch has kind of led that way, saying this can be done and I can still be effective five on five, if not more effective. And, uh, you know, as Keith said today, that's for him to manage. But I would think that uh, with the way that Matthews handles the puck, the stick work and gets it off the opposition, he would excel in the penalty kill. And uh, he has that defensive responsibility to do it. So... We'll see how that all factors into it. But, you know, Matthews is in good place, guys. Mentally yeah. and everything else, physically, it appears. So it's good good to get for him to get it done and uh, come into uh, a camp with a clean slate. I want to talk about a so, guy who can strip the puck. One second, Clark. I just want to get this yeah, one. Yeah, in go ahead. Uh, Matthew Nyes showed yeah. in a very small sample size that he's very good at taking guys off the puck, closing them off on the wall, and making sure that he gets the puck back on retrieval. Yeah. Wouldn't it be fun to see – Austin Matthews, who's really worked on his 200-foot game, and Matthew Nyes, be on a penalty kill, the all Arizona forward group, get it done on the penalty kill. I think that'd be something right there. Both those guys, big body guys, not afraid to block a shot, not afraid to stick lift, and all those other little things you need to yeah. do on a penalty kill. I think they really could make it happen if, if Nyes can progress that way. Yeah, if, if I, I wouldn't say don't put too much on the kid's plate yet. Uh, I think we're going to see him on the power play at some point here as long as – he makes it and everything, but to your point, you're right, James. I mean, he was doing this too, for the most part, against Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs, who the last time I checked aren't pushovers in the postseason. That's and it. the experience that team has and, you know, the the, the trust that Keith had in him, I, I, you know, even months later, it's still kind of, uh, it's pretty something to think that Matthew Nyes was not only on the ice in overtime getting those minutes, but was on the ice for three Leafs winners in overtime in that series. He's gonna. He should take that in camp now and really work that to his advantage. I would think, and 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 uh, you know, be part of this going forward. You know, the fact he doesn't need waivers to be sent down, you, you hope that doesn't work against him. But uh, um, we'll have to see. But I, 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 I don't know. Nice in the PK, maybe asking for a bit too much. But I can see to your point how it could work in the future potentially, for sure. Yeah, I'm just thinking of guys that can really take the puck away and use their body. And I mean, that's something the Leafs really haven't had much of. And now they sort of do. So I want to see it used in full force. But, Clark, you go right ahead. I'm sorry for jumping over. Yeah, and, I mean, no, it's a good way to get him a couple extra minutes. Too. He's a young kid. It's a high-pressure situation. Can't see it really hurting unless it unless he's not good at it. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out throughout the season. But, Terry, with the off-season moves, of course, we – we saw the team add some big names. We saw them add some some depth defensemen, so to speak, outside of Klingberg, of course. 
Um, the one PTO with Noah Gregor, who I'm a fan of myself coming from Saskatchewan, he played with the Warriors and, and the Prince Albert Raiders back in the day. Um, but obviously the, clearly the biggest one is Martin Jones. Am I right? Am I, I've been banging this drum. <laughs> James doesn't want to admit. Listen, it, I will tell Jones. you this, the nostalgia factor on his mask <laughs> today alone makes Fair me enough. like the guy that much more. Eddie, the Eagle, Palmetier, Cujo, <laughs> that mask is beautiful. I mean, oh man. He, he earned me as a fan right there with that mask. I'll say that much. No, but we'll, we'll stick with the big four. I mean, Klingberg, uh, Bertuzzi, Domi, Reeves. Um, those are the big four that are going to hopefully ch- make an impact on this team and, and, you know, change a little bit of the culture for some of them and all those things. How do you I, – I mean, earlier you said you're giving Brad Tree Living a B, but overall, just in terms of actual impact on this roster, what do you think these guys will have on this roster? Do you think it'll be kind of what the team is looking for? Well, if with the guy, let's go to Bertuzzi first. He scored 30 goals two years ago in Detroit. I know he fell to eight last year at Boston, Boston in the wings before he got traded. The total potential's there, though. And, you know, <clears throat> may not run into some of the penalty trouble that uh, that Michael Bunting did in that spot. You know, I, I will the Leafs miss Michael Bunting's ability to draw penalties? Sure they will. But let's not overlook the fact, too, that he uh, also was called for if not the most minors last year, then second most, I think. I think Rasmus Dahlin of the Sabres up there as well. So it was almost a trade-off to, to what he was drawing and, and taking himself. So maybe there'll be a little bit of a difference that way with Bertuzzi. Um, I think he's going to get a shot from the looks of things, the group that he's in on that top line right away with Matthews and Marner, which is where he should be given for what he signed for. I like Max Domi, versatile, can play either position or all the three positions, sorry. Going to start on the wing. Um and I'm really curious to see how Domi takes advantage of this. He, uh, listen, when uh, I don't, I don't know how, how old Max Domi would have been when I first saw him in the, around the room. I think he was born in '95. I started covering the team in 2000. Five or six years old. He's in kindergarten. The kid has wanted to play for this team since before that. He was he was born in Winnipeg. His dad is traded from the Jets to the Leafs a month later, and you know, as we know, played for another you know 10 or 12 years, whatever it was, at Toronto for hanging him up. So this is a part of Max's fabric, and uh, he comes by it honestly. He's got a respect for the the history, of course. You know, I'd imagine he had a few good conversations with Matt Sundin during the summer about what to expect. Not that he needs to be told because he's been around it, but really about putting on the, that sweater and what it means. So, to what degree does Max take advantage of that? I'm I'm really curious to see. I think I think there's a real good chance for him. Ryan Reeves is interesting uh, because can the room be louder? Yes, but does, does that mean it's not? tight no it, it shouldn't and i think it is a good room that way i think it is a tight room and you know i, I felt morgan riley had to say today guys a little uh you know intriguing said look basically in my opinion he said was where that whether the room has been quiet hasn't been an issue while recognizing the 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 positives that ryan reeves will bring to the room yeah uh, on the ice now there can be an impact of course we know that he's you know one of the most feared uh fighters in the league the physicality that he plays with He's a big man. Um, you know, if, if you if anyone out there ever had a worry about the Leafs stars being run over and all this, and I don't really think it's been that big of an issue, but you can put those to rest now. And when you're putting that to rest and Reeves comes in and, and is that presence for you, then how does that trickle down to the rest of the lineup? We'll have to see, but I think it'd be a positive. Um, then John Klingberg, again, on the, on the blue line, you know, we know that at his age, he's got to be uh, somehow find it in him to uh, to get back better on the defensive side of the puck. And 
you know, uh, again, the money he signed for, I think just over $4 million, uh, we're talking about a top four guy here. But he's going to have to be smart without it. And uh, looking to hit the reset button a bit after the season he had last year in Anaheim and Minnesota. But overall, um, you know, offensively, I think he'll be fine. But like I said earlier, it's a blue line group that still needs to get physical. And, you know, we know that he's not going to supply that. But I like I, I like the moves. You worry about a bit about some of the, the defensive responsibilities that went out the door with Kerfoot, Achari, and uh, and Ryan O'Reilly. I know the latter two weren't here all year, but yeah, I think you do. Um, and then is Martin Jones. I know you jokingly referred to him. <laughs> Look, all I know is the guy's team percentage wasn't great last year in Seattle. He still wasn't in that for 27 wins. He hasn't played in the minor in 10 years, in the minors in 10 years. He's going to give uh, Joseph Wall a real run for that backup spot. Um, you know, the Leafs aren't starting with three goalies. We know that. Samsonov is going to be the guy as long as he doesn't get hurt, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But I think it's great veteran insurance. I guess the worry is at the end of all this, do you just keep your fingers crossed that they don't lose a Martin Jones on waivers or for whatever reason, Joseph Wall, if that's the way they go. But uh, if they can get through, they're going to have some nice depth there for sure. Yeah, I I don't want to see them place either goalie on waivers because we all know how that goes. It just seems to be a running joke at this point, the amount of goalies that are taken by the Maple Leafs or from the Maple Leafs. So it's no the fun. Next, uh, the next Garrett Sparks and Curtis McElhaney. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, again, referring to the Babcock situation earlier, we all know how that ended in that with for the Leafs. So. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we know something can end with our friends over here at the Hockey Podcast Network. They're partnering up with DraftKings, and we want to make sure we get you in on it. And we're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down five on any of this week's epic matchups and you walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings is stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now. Use the code THPM. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly on bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Use the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for your gambling Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casinos and Resort. Licensed partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for terms and eligibility, terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So ladies and, and batteries are not that. included. Batteries are not included. <laughs> batteries are not included. No. Use your code THPM for DraftKings. Get over there. Have some fun with the NFL. And of course, very soon the NHL. Um, speaking of fun, we touched on him just a little bit. Ryan Reeves has mm-hmm. been having some fun so far with the media, with talking and hyping it up. Everybody referring to the picture with Racco Gudas yelling in Joe Wall's face. Ryan Reeves, of course, saying, Hey, wouldn't it be fun if he tried that with me around. Terry, I'm wondering, with Ryan Reeves, obviously we know he brings the punch-up aspect. He brings the voice. But I think he brings something more to the Maple Leafs that they've been kind of missing, which is the ability to play just a little bit bigger in their lineup. 
uh, with the fact that, hey, we got this guy who can go toe-to-toe with the toughest guys in the league. But what he usually does, and he said this himself, is he'll skate over and tell the tough guy on that team, you mess with X and X, I'm going to go after your guys. Whether it's McDavid, whether it's Dreisaitl, you go down the line, it doesn't matter, Pasternak, you figure it out for those teams. So I'm wondering, Ryan Reeves brings that. Is this going to be a good thing or a distraction for the Maple Leafs as the season goes on? Because with a couple of teams, it has been where Revo's been a little bit more of a, a sideshow sometimes with the antics, kind of like bunting. And I'm just wondering, does he just bring what the Leafs are going to need and can they kind of keep the lid on them a little bit just to bring that energy and that poise that they need on that, that physicality side of things? Well, we'll have to see. I think there's going to be a feeling out process with it because, as you're saying, James, it's a, it's a unique uh, element the Leafs really haven't had. And, you know, you know, Wayne Simmons brought a bit of that a couple of years ago, but I think he just played in 18 games last year, so really couldn't have that impact. You know, Ryan Reeves is still a little more productive, of course, and, and we'll, we'll be in the lineup on, on most nights, and uh, we'll just have to see how that goes. But um, the potential for what you're talking about – you know, whether they keep a lid on or not, I don't know. I, you know, you're also, if you're Sheldon Keefe, you're not going to, okay, okay, Rebo, just go, you know, go, go deal with the consequences, you know, go deal with what you have to and worry about the consequences later. I don't think that'll be the approach either. Yeah. Um, but, but I think you make a good point. Will, will the rest of the forwards be a little bit bigger? That, that could be the offshoot here. And, um, you know, again, you're two of those guys we're talking about are Bertuzzi and Domi who bring that that sort of element. Who are also going to be looking to make that type of uh, a really good initial impression. But you know, I do we reevaluate what Ryan Ryan Reeves' role so he is once the playoffs start? I think we will. Uh, but for right now, going into camp, coming out of it in three weeks and into the regular season, I think there's an opportunity there for that to have a uh, be a positive impact and trickle down off the ice. You know. Marner, as Marner said to us early in the summer, like he, he thinks they're pretty good. Most of the parties are at my place. He has team parties, you know, at his house. And and uh, so I think they're good that way. But livening it up a bit. It's a serious group, too. I think we have to remember, yeah. that. It, you know, when your captain is John Tavares, you're gonna, there is going to be a little bit of uh, a method uh, in the way you're going away, the way you're going around things off the ice, methodology and that, and the way he carries himself, which is fine. But, um, you know, getting that raw, raw type, and Marner Marner is like that, but when you're when you're <laughs> when you're hearing it from a much bigger guy in Reeves and that potential for what he can bring on the ice as well, th- that could carry. And I, listen, we haven't seen it in action yet. Yeah, we can refer to where he's been in the other places and, and how some of those places he hasn't been very long. But the fact is, he's here. I think you know on the three year deal and has a real opportunity to uh, to be a positive. And uh, I think he uh, you know start will be that for him. I think he is going to be a positive. And I mean, I, I look at things like this for the Maple Leafs. They haven't had it. When they did last have a guy like this, uh, his name was Matt Martin, and he did play with Mitch Marner. And uh, Mitch Marner played with a lot of swagger and confidence and really had the fun in his game at that point in time. Uh, I think a guy like Ryan Reeves might get an opportunity for a shift or two here and there to play with a guy like Marner or Matthews or Nylander or Tavares just to kind of set a tone or go out there when a guy is out there kind of, you know, dogging them or whatever, and really just let them know, hey, you're not going to be able to do this. Like he said about Gudas, you're not going to be able to do that. That's not happening this year. And that really speaks volumes, I guess, to teammates, right? Because that's something they really sorely need. And, of course, you get that in Bertuzzi to an extent. You get that from Domi. 
Uh, McCabe is going to be another guy that you get to see a full season of yeah, with the sure. Maple Leafs as well with physicality and stuff. So that's someone we really haven't seen in a full 82 game span. The last time he played with a team where it was a good situation, because let's be fair, Chicago wasn't a good situation yeah. in Buffalo. He was a different type of player. He really was sought after and looked really good. So, I mean, maybe coming to a good team like the Maple Leafs for a full season and really settling in could bode well for the Leafs as well. But, but go for Revo. I think this is going to be something just to listen to him bark and talk and do those things and really get in guys' face. They haven't had that. They had yeah. bunting, but it's it's a guy that can talk, and if it needs to go to fisticuffs, he's there for it. Yeah. So I'm pumped up for it. I can't wait to see him get in there. And he's not a bad skater either. He's not the slowest guy. He's not um, – I don't know if you remember macho skater, Curtis Gabriel. I love Curtis Gabriel. Great guy to talk to, but he just looked like that, you know, the, yep. uh, the logo for the Vancouver Canucks. He well, looked like the Canucks logo skater guy, right? <laughs> so really rigid, but Revo can move. So we'll see, like you said, how it goes and shakes out. Another thing that's going to be shaking out here for the Maple Leafs is William Nylander. Mm-hmm. Um, still from all looks, he looks like he's cool as a cucumber you listen to him talk to media members, um, you know, on the 32 Thoughts podcast. He's not sweating anything, and he wants to be here. His teammates got the vibe that he wants to be here. Nobody seems very stressed about it. No one is. Yeah. You know. James, let me tell you, I think if you pulled the Leafs to a man, at least the ones who know William and have been his teammate, you said if you had to pick a teammate who was going into a season without a contract beyond this one and there was going to be a lot of talk about it, who would be the least impacted by that? They'd probably say William Nylander. Yeah. Brad for living today. What were his words? He's a cool cat. And this is a guy who had an impression of, of uh, Nylander from afar, but once he got to know him, I think that changed a bit with, uh, you know, w- Willie's uh, work habits off the ice, on the ice. As we've, I'm sure we've discussed on this podcast in the past, usually the first out for practice among the last off all the time. Like you, you could count on one hand or two hands, maybe that, He's beaten onto the ice for the beginning of practice. Always the first guy out there. You know, it was the last year of the All-Star break that he stayed home and was on the ice for most of it. Yep. You know, it was, you know what I mean? So he does have that that ethic. You know, Keith's saying that today he can do anything, put anything he puts his mind to. So with all having said all that, uh, the guy has career years last year. He's at 40 goals and 87 points. He hits career highs. You know, for led to believe he's asking for something in the, in the range of $10 million. We'll, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. No one seems concerned. He he's not. He's not concerned. We know that because no. he said it, and it's just the way he is. For living, doesn't seem overly concerned about it either. Um, you know, we, we know that you know what happened with Lewis Gross last time. William Nylander was talking contract and how it went into, you know, the the eleven point, you know, nine ninth hour before something was finally done that December many years ago now, about five years ago, but. Uh, the sides I'm aren't right, really, man. Yeah, it's I know it does, doesn't it? It's it's incredible. Well, even today, James, looking at his stats, he's one of his ninth year at the Leafs. <laughs> William Nylander. We you you can't we can't refer to this as a young core anymore because they're really not. Like, no, they've been around the block a bunch of yeah. times. Anyway, but so is there concern right now? No. Is there gonna be a distraction? Maybe will it affect William? I doubt it. Now we talk about this at Christmas time and it's still not done. You know, the closer we get to that March trade deadline and something isn't done, you know, there there will be nerves, of course. Why, why wouldn't there be? Because you don't want to see William Nylander in any, any, under any circumstance walk next summer. But you also don't want to trade him either, perhaps. You're not getting 
Ikovalia back and, and you want him for the playoff run. So a lot to be determined, but I say this. Concentrate on what you've got now starting October 11th. You have a, a really good hockey player, a great one, who's going to be looking to build off career numbers and might be doing it in a different position. Yeah, that was very interesting today, watching the uh, the comments come down from Keith about, you know, basically Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Camp down the middle, yeah. which is pretty cool because if you look at it, that also gives opportunity to other guys, you know, to play on those wings, you know, with a Willie Nylander, whether it's Domi and Robertson, Domi and Nyes, there's all kinds of different combinations you can go with, which is good. And Willow's he, Willow, <laughs> Willie is no uh, slouch on the dot. He's no. 50.7%. You pointed out today on Twitter. So go follow yeah. Terry for that. And he's he's done he's a little bit more. He's done a bit more of it. Third and four seasons. He was, I think the most faceoffs he took in one year was 650. So he's doing it more, a little bit more than we might have remembered. Yeah. You know, he, he played, played the position, of course, for, for Sheldon Keefe with the Marlies. So there is that familiarity too, not only with, with William in the position, but the coach in William in that position. So you're not, something brand new isn't being introduced here. And, you know, it's curious today, too, to hear Keith say, you know, it, um, we go back to that fresh eyes, fresh set of ideas. He said, look, this is, Troy Living is the one who really pushed this forward, that we, we tried Nylander here. And uh, now, is that a, 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 an admission that maybe we're, we're, the Leafs don't think that the virus can be as effective? Not necessarily. Um, you know, you talk about an 80 points, an 80 games guy from last year. Um, you know, which is to me is pretty damn, pretty damn, pretty darn good. But, you know, at the same time, you did try Tavares in the wing a bit. He adjusted well. So, you know, you've got that flexibility, right? If Nylander doesn't work at center for whatever reason, what's the worst thing you do? You put him back on the wing where he scored 40 goals last year. Yeah. Right? There's a lot bad. of people too saying that this may be part of the Leafs plan to say, hey, if you want to be a $10 million guy, you know, we're going to try out center. And if you thrive there, then we can see your $10 million demand as a $10 million center, yeah. you know, not, not a winger, but that's just one thing you see put out there. I, I don't think it really matters at this point. You know what? I, I, I think I'll, I'll go back. What, what do the Leafs want to do every night? They want to win hockey games. Yep. And every night the coach will put on the ice, the best lineup that he thinks will win that night. And if that means William Nylander is, is a good center and is able to do that, then that's what they're going to do. And all this contract stuff, you know, they'll look at that later. Again, it's not a concern whether he excels at center or not for them. So, you know, I, I just think it's putting the best lineup out every night. You worry about the monetary things uh, at another time. Yeah. If, if for me, from my heart, like I said, with Matthews all summer long, I think Nylander stays. He sounds like this is where he wants to be. He's oh, saying, sure, yeah. you know, so there's nowhere else he said there's nowhere else he'd rather play. There's nowhere else he even thinks of playing. So, you know, and I love the fact today that Bradger Living poured cold water on it for everyone to saying this is the last time I'll address it till we actually have information. Mm -hmm. So, you know, basically saying, hey, we're not going to keep dealing with this every single day or, you know, we're not going to keep harping on it. I'm sure tomorrow it'll get asked to Willie himself. And that's. But, um, yeah, the last thing I want to ask you about is we hear with them bringing back this. You know, this room, you know, these players, it's the same thing again this year. Is the vibe going to be, you know, oh, hum, hum, we're just going, you know, got to get to the playoffs and figure it out. Or is the vibe in this room, hey, we can do great things. We can be first in the Atlantic. We can do this. We can do that. 
that's the vibe that a lot of people are hoping for. But some people have already alluded to that this team already just figures we penciled ourselves in the playoffs. We just got to figure out how to gel and figure out how to go. Is is that the right way to describe it right now where you're walking in? Because to me, I think these guys would be excited for what's about to happen with a new kind of mix in this group. Well, I think one thing that Sheldon Keefe has instilled in them, and, and really Mike Babcock before, is the importance of being good in the regular season. So I don't, think looking ahead, I don't think they're looking ahead to the playoffs and penciling themselves in, in anywhere. Certainly not right now. And, uh, you know, that that the attitude of, of games 1 to 82 being crucial, I know that it hasn't ended up the way they wanted in the playoffs, but from 1 to 82, they've recognized it, and we've seen where they finished, setting team records for points and wins in the past few years under Sheldon Keefe. So, uh, there is something to be said for that, and I don't see that approach changing, James. I really don't. Um, if anything, they might look at last year and say, okay, yeah, we got past the first round, but we really don't like the way things ended against mm-hmm. Florida. So that whether that drives them, we'll have to see. I, I don't know about that. I think for a lot of them, it's about uh, starting anew. And, yeah, it's the same core, like you say, and, and those guys are all back. Um but the, let's see how, how to see how it goes. Already, we're seeing a different uh, set of a different view with Trilliving. The Nylander move to center. I'm sure that there'll be other things that happen during the season that perhaps we weren't necessarily expecting, and, and we'll have Trilliving's fingerprints on it, as there should be to an extent with the general manager, of course. Why wouldn't there be with the team that he built? But um, it, it's a good vibe. I, they like the guys that they've signed. The other thing too is, you know, I think they've been for the most part they've been in town for the last two or three weeks on the ice together. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So they're they're the new guys have been in. Uh, you know, Max Domi lived here anyway. During he's always come back and lived uh, in the city uh, in the off season, so he wasn't going anywhere. But uh, you know, the new guys have come in, getting used to it and all this, and uh, getting to know their new teammates, and that's all crucial. And um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the eve of the playoffs next spring and and, and where they are and everything, but the room vibe as little as we've been around at the golf tournament Monday. And now today, uh, it seems to be in a good spot. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Well, last question I have for you, it revolves around Nicholas Robertson. Obviously everybody wants to see this guy make the team uh, by all accounts. Again, this summer he has beefed up. Um, he's, you know, worked out harder. He's, you know, put his body through all the different rigors just to get himself ready for training camp and to get ready for hopefully what will be an 82 game grind for Nick Robertson this year. Um, I want to ask you just outright, do you think Nick Robertson makes this team or will he start with the Marlies to get himself really into game shape and game speed? Well, you know, from the, from the looks of things, just the way the group settled down, settle right now, James, that they've got listed for the on session starting Thursday, he's going to get a look in the top nine. And we think just the way that the forwards are divided on the teams. And that's basically a, um, uh, you know, an invite to say, okay, tell, show show us what how you've grown over this, like you said, physically over the summer. You've rebounded from these injuries you've had. I put it to use on the ice. We've seen in the past that he's had what he's what he has played and been healthy. He's, he can be effective. He can score. Um, you know, just he, would he would he like to that have happened a little more regularly when he was playing? Of course he would. Yeah, but pencils there, and uh, you know we'll have to see how it goes lineup wise. I'm sure I know I got like Noah Gregor coming in and PTO is going to make a long, hard run at a position. We saw last year, of course, Zach Austin recent in the same, same type of uh, uh, spot and, and earn a, and earn a roster spot when all was said and done and that one year contract. Um, but Nick Robertson, it's still a great opportunity for him. And uh, 
you 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 don't put up all those goals in junior like he did and not have some sort of knack for scoring once you get to the national hockey that's league. true we just haven't seen it yet from this kid a lot of weird injuries he's got a lot of freak injuries some of those things where some of these plays he's been injured on and you don't think geez other players that might not have happened with like a lot of it's bad luck but he's, he's healthy now coming in and I think he's going to have a real opportunity here to earn that spot. But, uh, you know, I thought there was a lot of talk about, oh, at least trade him, this sort of thing, but don't give up on a kid that age because he's been through the injuries. If he had played 82 games a year for the past couple of years and not been effective, well, then yeah, that hasn't been the case. You don't want no, to trade I mean, him. He's showing yeah. You don't want to trade him and watch him go to another team and go, Oh geez, there's the healthy Robertson that we thought we were getting. And he does well for someone else. There's Mason Marshman, Carter Verhage, yeah. guys yes. that you've given up on. There is, a list. there is a list. You're right. And don't add to it. Yeah. Don't yeah. add to it. And listen, I want to see Nick Robertson succeed. I, I I ride that hype train the past two seasons. So I want to see him do something and just have a good time doing it. Listen, Terry, I always appreciate you jumping on. You always take the time. So thank you very much. Um, hopefully get you on maybe after the first couple of games shake out and just see where the lines are and who's saying what and how the room is once everybody finally gets some real game action after opening night. But thank you again for always making time for us. Always good to talk to you, James, anytime. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this right here, it's Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk.